Welcome, everyone, to the next episode of our podcast, Drift. We're so excited today to be going over a project that we're collaborating with another amazing environmental organization here in New Jersey. Avery and I are here hosting for this episode, and we have guest speakers from Clean Ocean Action to introduce themselves and the project Rally for Barnegat Bay. Welcome. I'm Avery. And I'm Grace Ann. And this is Drift, a podcast exploring stories and science of Barnegat Bay's past, present, and future. Hi, everyone. I'm excited to be here. My name is Allison Jones. I'm the Watershed Program Coordinator for Clean Ocean Action. My name is Katie. I am the Community Science Associate with Clean Ocean Action. Clean Ocean Action is one of the project partners for Rally for Barnegat Bay um, and also kind of a sister organization of Save Barnegat Bay. They do work a little bit north of us, primarily in Monmouth County. But of course, this project is taking place here along the Toms River. And there's a key reason why Clean Ocean Action is coordinating this project, because they have lots of experience doing a very similar, almost exact same project up in the Navasink River. Time traveling all the way back to 2016 um, in the Navasink River, which is located in Monmouth County. It's a shellfish harvesting area that the State Department of Environmental Protection has to monitor to make sure that it is indeed safe to harvest and consume shellfish from that water body. And unfortunately, in 2016, about 500 acres of that river was determined to be condemned for shellfish harvesting because there were elevated levels of bacteria in the water, which is not safe for shellfish consumption. Um, so in response to finding out this news, Clean Ocean Action began what was our first rally for the waterways project, the rally for the Navasink. And we basically formed a coalition, which is how Clean Ocean Action likes to do everything. Uh, we formed a coalition of other stakeholders and the municipalities and also brought together uh, the state government officials, brought everyone to the table and formed the rally for the Navasink saying, we need to address this problem. And the ultimate tagline was find it, fix it, no blame game. So we wanted to find the sources of this pathogen pollution also known as pollution, uh, because it is coming from, from fecal sources on land. Um, and we wanted to fix those problems without pointing any fingers at anyone in particular, and really just coming together as a community uh, focused on improving water quality in the river. So that is what the Rally for Barnegat Bay project is based on. It might be kind of confusing at first as a listener because we're talking about things that are happening beneath the ground. And that sometimes, if you're not familiar with the systems beneath the ground and the way our cities are built, it can feel a little confusing because there's water moving in different directions for different purposes. And so there's two main systems underneath the ground that we're going to be highlighting today at through the Rally for Barnegat Bay project and discussing its purpose. And this is relevant to Ocean County specifically. We have pipes underneath the ground that leave our homes full of our wastewater. So that's the poop from our toilets, the wastewater from our showers, our sinks, and anything that goes into our municipal pipes that heads off to the wastewater treatment plant, where that water should get treated properly. And uh, then it's then put pushed out into the Atlantic Ocean. Um, and the byproduct that is taken out of the uh, water 
is turned into a fertilizer called Ocean Grow. We can have another episode all about that. But it's important to understand that our wastewater is going into a wastewater treatment plant and then to the ocean after it's been cleaned. There's another system beneath the ground called our stormwater system, and it's separate. And it's named as such. It's called our Municipal Separate Storm System, or MS4. And the stormwater system is just supposed to collect rain off our streets and sidewalks, go down into the drain and head out into our nearest rivers, creeks and streams. And there isn't a filtration system on those things usually. So um, we have our stormwater system and our wastewater system. And in the case of the Rally for Barnegat Bay project, we're discussing the possibility the wastewater system infrastructure may or may not be structurally sound enough to be holding all of its contents. And in some cases, wastewater is accidentally making its way into our stormwater system and then getting piped out into our river. And so in the case of the Toms River and our Rally for Barnegat Bay project, the Toms River is itself a river basin at, that meets Barnegat Bay. And around the basin, there are six municipalities. So the Toms River is also among Island Heights, South Toms River, Pine Beach, Beachwood, and Ocean Gate. And all six of those towns all drain into the basin of the Toms River, which is the overarching biggest tributary into Barnegat Bay. So that's where it kind of fits into our mission here as an organization um, and what we're rallying around to almost do this as a trial run in participation of municipal folks, of public works folks, um, everyone who plays into this greater mission of clean water. We took inspiration um, from COA's pilot program up in the Navasing because we have a lot of the same problems down here. You know, this is something that affects our communities statewide. And we were excited to see what they were doing up there and brought them down here to do it in Ocean County, which is super cool that we have this type of collaboration. So how the heck do we figure out where these leaks are? That has got to be the ultimate question that you're thinking right now. So we have some very special ways that uh, Clean Ocean Action has developed uh, that we can find and fix this pathogen pollution here in the Toms River. So why don't we talk about the most exciting part of the investigation? Ladies, would you like to introduce our listeners to our star of the show for this project? We launched a collaborative field investigation to try to give our team a better sense of where we might be finding some issues with these systems that Grace Ann mentioned. So the star of that field investigation was a canine named Remy. She is a specially trained canine that worked with us from an organization called Environmental Canine Services. And Remy is trained to specifically scent human sources of pollution. Um, and that's a big help for us as we're surveying a large area. There's six towns and a lot of ground to cover with this project. And we're trying to pinpoint where specific problems are that we can find and fix. And Remy's nose is very sensitive and very powerful. So she's able to move with us through these towns, through these watersheds to try and scent out where the sources of these pollution problems are. Avery and I were both out in the field with this team. Um, so the first thing people would notice is it's probably a pretty big group. Um, this was a really collaborative and involved project. So we had members from Clean Ocean Action, members from Save Barn Get Bay. We had a really great 
group of Department of Public Works people from all the towns we were working with. Um, and we also had some state representatives from NJDEP that popped in. Uh, and the goal for this project was to take Remy out into the field to complement some of the tracing that we were already doing. Um, so we were bracketing, using a bracketing approach to try and find problems. So we would start right on the river as closer to the shore. Uh, and then we would have Remy sent uh, specific sites along the river to see if she indicated that she was scenting any pollution sources. And in, the ca- in Remy's case, she would indicate that she scented pollution by sitting down. So anywhere where Remy indicated there a possible positive alert for a pollution source, Avery and I would collect a water sample to go along with that. And those water samples we analyzed at the Eco Center, the Save Barney Bay Eco Center in a water quality lab. And we also sent samples to Garden State Labs, which is a certified lab that we are working with for this project to test for fecal indicator bacteria. Fecal indicator bacteria are ways to tell when there are pollution sources in the water, specifically fecal pollution sources. And for this project, we were looking at two main types, Enterococcus and E. coli. And we used Enterococcus as the primary indicator for this study because we're working in brackish systems. So brackish systems have both salt and fresh water mixing together. And most of the Toms River is brackish water. You have upstream freshwater sources flowing down towards the ocean. And you also have marine sources coming in from the ocean into the bay, washing back up to the river. And Enterococcus tends to be more stable when they're are salty or brackish waters. So that was the main indicator we were testing for on the lab side of things. So then we were able to verify that when Remy, our canine, was indicating a pollution source, we could check that with the lab to get us a sense, give us a sense of what the pollution levels might be and how much we're dealing with in certain areas. Yeah, and I just want to give the listeners kind of a picture of what it was like out there in the field investigation, because this project is really cool, at least I think so, um, and uses a lot of really unique tools to get to the bottom of pollution. Um, so when Katie and I were out there doing our little sciencey thing, um, we had the team of environmental canine services, the public works folks who had these big maps of all the pipes that lay underground um, outside of what the eye can see. And we were all working together with our teams to kind of triage and pinpoint to track down where these sources of pollution were coming from. And it almost looked like we were in a crime show or something (laughs) with like, we were connecting all of these dots where we had little pings and following it upstream um, up the infrastructure line to see where it was coming from. So it was almost like a little bit of a puzzle that we had to use our data, use, the pinpoints that the dog was alerting to um, the infrastructure with the experts that um, manage those every day and what we know of them. Um, and it was just a really cool thing to see all of these groups working together towards the common cause of making our communities safer and cleaner. And so while Remy was definitely one of the most exciting pieces of this project so far, where we had a poo sniffing dog, the dog couldn't know where to go without some things being Uh, found beforehand. So our amazing student grant scientists uh, were able to collect samples actually over the last few years. And then those 
uh, samples influenced choices that we made with the dog on scene because we wanted to make sure that we use the dog and the services there very efficiently. And so in order to do that, we spent years with our student grant program. So very briefly, our student grant program encourages undergraduate students to apply for a grant to do research in and around Barnegat Bay throughout the summer months. Undergraduate students are paid money that they get to keep, and then we support them at Save Barnegat Bay with all of the scientific tools, mentors, and, and things that they need for those projects. And in the case of this project, they're called the Rally for Barnegat Bay Water Quality Team. And so much like Avery and Katie collecting samples in the field with Remy, the students previously collected samples um, from the river and then brought those samples back to a lab where they were able to test for levels like bacteria of different species like the Enterococcus and E. coli. They were able to test for other regular things that you might be familiar with like pH, dissolved oxygen, temperature, salinity, and all the basic parameters that help us understand the health of the water. And that's when we say water quality, that's what we're talking about, the health of the water. And we can talk about health of the water for different contexts, like being able to swim in the water or being able to fish in the water. And in the case of the Rally for Barnegat Bay project, one of the reasons that this was sparked so long ago um, in the kind of ideas of things we needed to do to save Barnegat Bay was because of the high levels of bacteria in the river were causing not only closures for shellfish, but also many of our Tom's River swimming beaches have been closed as well. So it hasn't been safe for people to swim there. And it's an opportunity for students to participate in very real world, impactful science as well, which is something that means a lot to us with this student grant program. Um, it was developed by a famous Barnegat Bay conservationist from years ago named Pete McLean. Um, and this is kind of his brainchild that has been evolving and continuing to be impactful over the years. Um, and we're really excited to see it continuing with this project as well. But now, not only have students been able to get involved, but it's your turn to get involved in helping us find and fix pathogen pollution in the Toms River. So we are inviting community scientists. That's all of you. Uh, regular people that do everyday things across our watershed that we absolutely need. If you would like to volunteer to be a community scientist, Katie can tell you more about how you can get involved in this project very, very soon. Yes, I am super excited to launch this phase of the project as the Community Science Associate for Clean Ocean Action. Community science is what I'm all about. Uh, and this is a really wonderful opportunity to build on the collaboration that we already have with this project and to get even more community members involved. Um, we will be recruiting and training community members to learn how to collect water samples from around the river and from some of the regions where we've highlighted from our initial field investigations that could be potential spots for further investigation. Uh, and this is a really wonderful opportunity because this is research that's going to be really meaningful and help us find and fix these pollution sources throughout this project. And it's really wonderful that we get a chance to work with people that actually live in these communities that are impacted by these issue, water quality issues that are persistent and have been a persistent issue around Barnegat Bay for quite some time. This monitoring will hopefully be starting um, in the late spring and run through the summer. We're looking for 
people with a flexible schedule. So they will be able to come out during the week, often during weekdays to collect water samples with us. Um, we'll need volunteers that have reliable transportation. We'll be using Save Barnegat Bay's Eco Center as the headquarters for this initiative. So we will need volunteers that will be able to meet us there and travel to different locations around the Toms River to collect samples. Our volunteers do have to be over 18 years of age and we will be going out in various weather conditions, in ambient conditions, which for the purposes of this project, we're defining as essentially dry weather conditions. And we'll also need to do wet weather sampling. You do see really different water quality levels in storm events when there's a lot of rain flowing through these systems. So we need to get both dry and wet weather sampling events. We will have training sessions for all of our volunteers that they'll be required to attend. And we will make sure that you know how to do the testing that we're asking and how to collect samples. So yeah. don't worry, we will help you through all of the pieces and parts that uh, you might be excited about being a part of a citizen science uh, project like this. So definitely join us for the training sessions. They're gonna be virtual to start off. You can ask all the questions you might have for Katie and the team. Citizen scientists are everyday people just like you and we can all participate in uh, helping with this project. So if we find all this pollution and we decide that there is a leak somewhere in our uh, wastewater system that's accidentally getting into our stormwater system, it would be pretty silly to do all this work if there wasn't a way to fix it, in fact. <laughs> so uh, Allison, do you want to briefly go what our steps are after we um, decide that there's a really critical place that needs to be addressed? Absolutely. Yeah. So one thing I want to emphasize is that source track down like this is really, really hard. So that, that's why we need as much data as we can possibly get from the student grant program, from the pollution sniffing dogs, from the community scientists. Um, and even once all that is completed, it kind of gets us into these like hotspot areas. So we have a sense of where we need to do even more investigation. So what's exciting about this project is that we built in money to give to the municipalities through mini grants that will help them to first do some additional finding of the problems and then even a bigger chunk of money that will allow them to do fixing. Um, so they might use some tools like dye testing where they flush their sanitary sewer systems with uh, dyed water essentially. And if that comes out into the river, so they'll monitor the river, that means that water from the sanitary sewer system is getting into the stormwater infrastructure and then finding its way out into the river. So that is one tool that they might use. They can also use cameras to um, investigate their sanitary pipes and see if they identify any cracks or um, crushed pipes or any areas where there might be leaks happening. So that's just the first part of the mini grants where they can do some additional investigations and then the next piece, once we've really honed in on those cracked or damaged pipes, that's when they'll hopefully either replace those pipes or reline them so that they are tight and there's absolutely no leaks. And um, then we'll be going out and with our community scientist teams and confirming that pathogens are not making their way into the water with some additional water quality sampling. And there's one thing we didn't mention here, which is pretty important. We're through the first year or so of this project. So this project's going to be taking place over the next two years. So this is not all happening at once. 
we're laying out the uh, timeline for the next uh, two years to come. We've been seeing a lot of folks who are involved in the municipal sphere, who might be elected leaders, who might be public works people. They've been getting really excited about these results coming in and getting a deeper look into what's going on below the surface of their town. As Allison mentioned, it's really challenging. There are a lot of moving parts to collecting all of this data. Uh, So we hope that we are doing a service to these communities. That kind of brings me to the next arm of this project that we wanted to discuss a little bit. And that's the component of the Municipal Roundtable. So this is how we are bringing the scientific information um, to the people who can do something about it in the towns. So Allison, if you maybe wanted to jump in here a little bit and describe what the Municipal Roundtable is um, and kind of what our hopes are that we come of all of this conversation. So the idea for the Municipal Roundtable definitely stemmed from our work in the Navasink. Um, Up in the Navasink, we have this body that convenes all the municipalities around the river so that, again, everyone is communicating about the issues that they're finding, some of the challenging challenges that they may have run into, um, and really just working collaboratively to improve water quality. So that was a piece that we really wanted to bring to the Toms River area as well. We also recognize that the municipalities are the people that have the most intimate knowledge of all these infrastructure systems that we're working with. Um, So Clean Ocean Action kind of brought the experience of working with doing the source track down piece. Save Barnegat Bay has all these fantastic relationships with the municipalities. And then we needed those municipalities at the table for their, um, like I said, their intimate knowledge of the infrastructure. So we formed this municipal roundtable where we convene elected officials, um, members from DPW, from the environmental commissions, anyone that would have valuable input into this whole process. And we're convening once every other month just to keep them updated on the results that we're getting, for them to keep keep us updated on uh, anything that they may have found, any additional investigations they've conducted. And it's really just intended to be this open forum where we can have productive dialogue about this project and and source track down. We were able to bring Ocean County wastewater plant professionals to the roundtable discussion so that they can talk about their infrastructure as well, which is actually physically larger and they have a whole lot more going on underground. Um, And so it was very important to have them as a part of the conversation. And it's cool to see um, all different areas of expertise that play into this type of work. I think it speaks to the broader environmental conversation that you need city planners, you need public works people, you maybe need a nonprofit in there that can bridge some connections, you need elected officials, you need everyday people who are willing to participate and lend their local knowledge, you need scientists. We have Swarna on the team who is um, part of Clean Ocean Action. And we've talked about this before on the show that we feel that it's important for folks to recognize that everyone has a place in reaching these solutions. And we feel that it's very important to keep it community oriented. Um, If we all feel like we have stake in what's going on in our towns and we feel like we can participate in the change, we are more likely to see that change work its way up into something bigger and even more impactful. Um, And in this case, we see uh, 
assessing the problem of what's going on in the Tom's River as something that feeds into the broader mission of protecting Bay, and then that protects, it works up the chain of then impacting the New Jersey landscape and waterscape. Uh, and then what fits maybe more with COA's mission of the oceans, you know, it's all connected. So we hope that that's kind of making sense to our listeners out there that I'm really excited about this project because I think that it brings all of those really crucial components and where everyone really shines. And Avery, I think you make a great point there. And that's a question I get a lot about this project is the name of our organization is Clean Ocean Action. We're very focused and dedicated to protecting marine waters. And why are we involved in this initiative looking at streams and rivers and things that are for someone who's not as familiar might not initially seem to be connected to the ocean. Um, And it's really important to realize that everything is interconnected. All these different players that we've brought to the table and how important it is to um, bring everyone in on the solutions. And students are a key part of that too and and getting youth involved in um, helping their community. And that's where MATES has come in. So the Marine Academy of Technology of and environmental science, which is a vocational school in Ocean County, is also a key partner on this project. Um, and they've provided some of the invaluable data that helped us to initially identify key areas that we wanted to investigate further. Dr. John Wenick has led that team as well as the student grant program over the summer. So um, his, and as a a local resident as well. He is a really invaluable uh, addition to the project. Yeah, definitely shout out to John Winnick. And you might have heard his voice on previous episodes here on our podcast. So you can flip back to other episodes to hear some of his contributions to the student grant team and the uh, water quality projects for sure. Um, So just to kind of bring it all together, we talked about so many different things. And while the ultimate goal of this project is to find and fix very specific pathogen leaks that are getting into the Toms River, as you can see over this, the course of this project, the grant spans over three years, but the project's investigation began much prior to this, you know, grant funding cycle. Um, and, And these goals that we have are to continue involving across all of our uh, communities that that piece of education, that piece of stewardship, that piece of involvement and engagement from all ages, from high school students at Mates, all the way through our undergraduate program with the student grants, and then into our community scientists, folks that live here, residents, and then uh, from their municipal leaders and environmental organizations like ourselves, our two nonprofits. So um, it's just a fully spanning project where we hope that you feel excited to get engaged today, right now, and then continue through the storyline and continue growing your own education and sharing that through the community. And you'll start to hear more about this project if you live in these six towns. Hopefully folks are starting to talk about it and um, some of the education and information is being shared with you as um, it becomes available to all of us. So the Rally for Barnegat Bay project is supported through uh, a non-point source water quality restoration and federal 319H grant, which was awarded by the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection. Uh, So we're very grateful for the funding to be able to do this project. So 
if everything we were talking about during this episode sounds exciting and something that you'd like to get engaged in, even if you're not an immediate resident of the six towns around the Toms River, but you live nearby and you'd like to get started getting involved, if you are an undergraduate student recently graduating from high school or just recently going to be graduating from undergraduate uh, degrees, you are eligible to apply for our student grant program. The application process starts right now on our website, and then you can uh, apply by March 25th. If you are a resident nearby or excited um, volunteer, you are eligible to apply for our community science program, which everyone can get involved in. We are having our first public meeting on Wednesday, February 23rd at 6 p.m. That's going to be on Zoom, and it's open to anyone. And so if you're not ready to be boots on the ground, it's all good. We have so many ways for you to get involved in this project and all the rest of our missions, both at Clean Ocean Action and at Save Barnegat Bay. So don't hesitate to head over to all your favorite social media platforms and follow both of our organizations. Clean Ocean Action is on Facebook and Instagram and others. Save Barnegat Bay is on all of the same Facebook, Instagram, and you'll start to see some posts coming out that we're very excited about sharing more um, detail about this project. So definitely follow and watch for that. Stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned and don't forget to follow our podcast and uh, continue listening. We'll uh, see you next time. And thank you, Katie and Allison, for being here today. You are such wonderful guests on our show. We are so happy to have you here and to be collaborating on this project. Thanks so much for having us. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Next time.